Today, we're going to talk about the five biggest risks that will destroy your wealth. Can you guess what they are? And welcome to the Retire Early, Retire Now podcast. This is your host, Hunter Kelly, and I am the owner of Palm Valley Wealth Management. Today, we will be talking about the five killers of wealth. We'll also give you some action items on how to mitigate that risk. So welcome to the podcast, uh, episode number 16. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. But let's jump right into it. So the first destroyer of your wealth is not having an emergency fund. So generally, we advise to have uh, three to six months worth of expenses in some sort of savings cash account, maybe a high yield savings account, money market, whatever the case may be, but somewhere where you can access that money. There are a number of reasons what could cause you to not work for an extended period of time, such as three to six months. So whether that be you get injured and cannot work, maybe a loss of a family member that causes you to miss work for a, a period of time, maybe uh, a child gets sick and you have to care for them and you can't work in that time period, you could potentially get laid off. In the last few years with 2020 and the changing labor markets, Getting laid off is not necessarily a far-fetched thing. Having that emergency fund can help mitigate that short period of time from maybe you helping that loved one or that child get through some sickness or you transitioning from job A to job B. The easiest way that I have found to help clients build up their emergency fund is to find an amount that is comfortable with you once you kind of identify where your money is going. We're talking about pay it your pay yourself first budgeting that we did a couple of podcasts ago. Identify where that money is going and then set a, an amount that you're comfortable with. Open up a bank account that is somewhat difficult to get to, but if you had to, you can get to it and start automatically transferring a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars, depending on your situation, every paycheck until you get to that three to six months. And then how do you determine if it should be three months or it should be six months? Well, if you're, a, let's say, a government employee or a salaried employee and you know every two weeks or biweekly you're getting X amount of dollars and it's pretty consistent, then you can probably tend to go back to the three months. Or let's say you have a significant amount of assets already somewhere else that you potentially could access. Well, then you may be able to stick to that three months. If that is not the case, if you are commission-based, sales-based, or you're a business owner and your income fluctuates wildly month to month, I'm going to find that six-month average and we're, we're going to make sure that we have at least six months because, again, my income could wildly fluctuate. And so that would be another reason to have that emergency fund because if you have three really good months where you're making, let's say, $10,000 a month, $20,000 a month, and then there's two months where there's no income, well, you got to be able to, to plan for that, right? Taking that cash and making sure that you're maximizing it through a high-yield savings account, especially where interest rates are right now, 
it's not uncommon for you to find four and a half, five percent, maybe even something north of that, where you can still earn a bit on your money, maybe even hedge inflation a little bit in this moment in time, but still have access to it with essentially little to no risk. And so the next big killer of wealth is major medical expenses. So we've we've touched on this in this podcast early on. One of the first two or three episodes we had, we talked about how to review your, your open enrollment packet where we covered some health insurance. And then we had Danny White on a few episodes later, diving into what deductibles are and out-of-pocket max and all of that. And the most common theme that I see with clients or friends or whoever I'm talking to, and we, we happen to get on the subject, medical insurance is they get to open enrollment if they're offered it through their employer and they go, okay, well, this particular plan, the high deductible plan is only X dollars a month and it's the cheapest one. And then they don't consider what that deductible is and what that out-of-pocket max is. They, they sign up and they don't either contribute to an HSA or they don't have a way to, they don't have a plan to save up for that potential deductible. And then what happens is they, they get sick, they, they tear their ACL, they need surgery or break their collarbone, whatever the case may be. And they get stuck with a $10,000 of out-of-pocket max because of all the surgeries and doctor's appointments and PT and, and all of that, and they're not ready for that $10,000 expense. Having a plan to save for that out-of-pocket max can really help mitigate the risk of, of having to dip into other accounts, potentially retirement accounts or going into credit card debt, whatever the case may be. And so that's one thing that you'll have to consider on each year is, well, how do, if, if worse comes to worse, how am I going to pay for this deductible plus this out-of-pocket max if that potentially happens? So the, the best way, especially if you have a high deductible plan, would be to contribute to an HSA because you're getting that deducted from your income. If you can get to a point where you can invest that money, it will be tax deferred later on down the road. And then let's say you use it for a medical expense years down the road. Well, then it's tax-free. So it's triple taxed advantaged. Whereas if you were to just save the deductible amount in your bank account, while that would be great, you, you could cover that expense. It's not as tax advantage. And then the next option would be to save portion or most of that deductible in your, your savings account if, for whatever reason, your situation says, hey, I need to actually have this cash available potentially if I were to need it for, let's say, a flat tire or something, if it's multi-purposed, right? And then in some cases, I see with business owners, like they, they just go without insurance. The, the theme of this podcast, what you'll see is that, yes, the, these risks are probably low probability, but if they happen, it is a large expense. It will kill your wealth, and that's what we want to mitigate against. And so a good financial advisor will look at your situation, assess your risk, right, and then determine which risk you need to offload onto an insurance company, whether that be health-related, liability-related, any of the number of things that we'll talk about here. If that potential or potential event happens, 
well, that's going to going to kill our plan because now we have an X amount of expense or loss of income, whatever the case may be. Planning properly for health insurance, whether it be for those deductibles or just finding some sort of health insurance so that if I do have surgery, I'm not stuck with a $100,000 bill because I didn't have insurance can be extremely valuable to keeping you on the right path as far as building that wealth. And so the next major risk to killing your wealth would be a disability. And so early on in my career, a good friend of mine, Mike, he he's very risk averse. We always joke about he's always overinsured, but that's beside the case. He came to me and said, hey, Hunter, I know you're getting into this. I'd really like you to take a look at these couple of things. And one of the things was in his open enrollment packet, he had disability insurance. And so what disability insurance is, says, hey, if I get injured and can't work for a period of time, the insurance company will pay me a portion of my paycheck. And so we determined that he had a pretty large gap in his income if he were to become fully disabled what we determined is that we needed to go out and shop for a personal policy to make sure that we could cover the other percentage that he was missing. And so at first he was kind of apprehensive. I don't know if I really need this. I'm young. I'm healthy. I showed him the numbers and eventually he signed up a few months later. And so I kid you not, two weeks after he signed the policy, we live again in the Jacksonville area. So 95 is like the major highway. And the exit that he would get off to go home is gets pretty congested. And so there's one lane on the right where you're turning to exit off that always gets backed up. People that are impatient, I'll say, will speed past those cars and try to merge in real quick so they don't have to sit in traffic. Well, he's patiently waiting in traffic, and someone does this maneuver and rear-ends him fairly significantly, totals his car, and he ends up injuring himself to a point where he can't work for um, about a year, right? He was able to file this claim, show obviously proof that he's injured. He was able to receive both his employer disability insurance and his private policy uh, on that as well. Right there, early on in my career, I was like, oh, this is kind of important. If that happens to me, I don't know how I, or someone that I know that doesn't have disability insurance, I don't know how I would support my family for that significant amount of time. And so luckily he was able to, he was able to get back to work and all that after a year, some pretty aggressive PT and so, so on and so forth. But, but it does speak, Hey, if I get injured, if I get in a car wreck, if I am, maybe you have an activity that you do that isn't necessarily dangerous from an insurance perspective, but you're playing basketball and you um, tear your ACL and you're an electrician, you can't work for a significant amount of time because of that, a number of reasons why you wouldn't be able to work. This insurance will make sure that you are able to get paid in the event of that absence. Will it be 100% of your income? Probably not, but it will be enough to at least get you by um, until you can get back to work. That is probably one of the most underrated insurance policies that there are. If you're offered through your work, I would certainly take a look at it and make sure, hey, how does this work? What do I get? And do I need a supplement with a personal policy? The fourth biggest killer to your wealth is liability insurance or 
uh, liability risk. So what is this? This is like home insurance, auto insurance, umbrella policies. If you're in a, if you own a business, it'd be like general liability, things of that nature. A couple of examples that I will use that aren't necessarily real life for me, but potential to have implications of needing proper liability insurance. So let's go back to my buddy, Mike. Let's reverse the rules and say that the person that hit him, let's say the it wasn't clear that it was his fault and then it was deemed that it was his fault. And let's say that Mike ended up being in a profession where he uses his hands a bunch, right? And he's a high-income earner. Well, if that person that hit him broke his hand somehow, maybe went through the steering wheel or the windshield, whatever the case may be, broke his hands and now he can't do surgery or work with his hands or paint or whatever the number of things that he could be doing with his hands. Well, now he is potentially likely to sue the person that hit him for that loss of income, right? Yes, you may have your auto insurance with some liability and all that, but if it doesn't cover what you're being sued for and you're found at fault and you lose that lawsuit and you're a wealthy individual, well, now that will eat into your wealth because you're on the hook for anything above that insurance coverage. One, we want to make sure that we have proper insurance coverage, how much liability you have in your auto, or maybe there's a slip and fall in your house and, and someone sues you that way. If you're a wealthy individual, you're more likely to get sued, right? Because people that don't have assets, there's nothing to garnish by suing because they don't have anything. I mean, that's that's not a dig at people that don't have assets. There's multiple reasons why they would or wouldn't. But you, you hear about people in the news that are wealthy getting sued. You don't hear about people that are not wealthy getting sued. The way to mitigate some of that risk is to, one, have proper liability insurance, so home, auto, things of that nature. And then on top of that, you would want to make sure that you have an umbrella policy. So what an umbrella policy does is it says anything that you're liable for, not anything, but within the strengths of the policy, and it's pretty broad. That's why it's called an umbrella policy. Anything that you're liable for above your home or your auto, the umbrella policy will cover you. And generally, they're they're fairly inexpensive, only a few hundred dollars a year for potentially millions of dollars of coverage, depending on who you use. And if you bundle it with current provider or insurance carrier that you have, Generally, they'll give you a discount. And another scenario where you could potentially be at fault. The other day, I um, had a friend over, and he has some kids the same age as my kids. And we got our kids a playhouse for Christmas, and it has a slide on it, right? And his son decided to tumble down the slide the wrong way and busted up his tooth pretty good, was bleeding and all that. Well, he happens to be an attorney, so. Let's say he severely injured himself. Well, he didn't, but let's say he did, and my neighbor decides to sue me. Well, if I'm not properly insured and he sues me for more than what my insurance limits are, or maybe I don't have proper insurance, well, I'm on the hook to potentially cover medical expenses and a number of other things where that would have to come out of my wealth, so that would be a wealth killer. So any of these low probability but high cost events, we want to transfer over to an insurance company via liability insurance, disability insurance. Again, that is the theme of this podcast. And I just want to get the wheels turning on, hey, 
am I properly insured if one of these events, one of these low probability events happen? Like, it, is it going to destroy my wealth, right? And so the last one, and the one that I think is probably the most publicized because it's sold a lot, is life insurance, right? And so if you, if you have a loss of a spouse or someone that you depend on, or they're depending on you and you lose your life, well, that could be a very big financial burden, not just a emotional burden. <laughs> Losing a loved one, it it can be a very strenuous financial burden as well. Over the last couple of years, I, I've dealt with this with clients. And so one in particular, her husband ended up there in their 40s. He ended up contracting some sort of esophageal type cancer. And they have a son that is about 13, 14 years old. And, and so he ended up passing away pr- pretty quickly after diagnosis. Luckily for them, what they had done is a really good job of saving and their retirement funds. And then he had a really good life insurance policy through his work, uh, which, would tel- which helped out. But I've also seen cases where very similar situation, maybe cause of death is different, but similar situations and the spouse is left with, oh boy, I have to either one, go find a job very quickly after my spouse passes, which no one would want to do, right? And then two, now I have to figure out this income um, anyways that, that I was depending on my spouse for, right? In my client's case where she did have the proper planning and saving and had the proper insurance on her husband, she was able to take time off, actually quit her job and get the help that she needed to go through that process. Not an easy process, right? No one wants to deal with that, but get to a spot where, okay, I I am coping with this. This is, this is what has happened. And now I can get back on my feet. And my, my husband has left me in a spot where I'm very comfortable my son is going to be very comfortable while we would pay endless amounts of money to have my husband back. At least we don't have to worry about where's the next paycheck coming from. Making sure that you're properly insured. If you have kids that are dependent on you, if you have a wife or a husband, spouse that is dependent on you, maybe you have a disabled family member that is dependent on you. These are all reasons why you would need life insurance. If you have a large amount of debt that someone would assume in your, the wake of your passing, you would want to consider, hey, can I get this through work? Maybe my situation doesn't allow me to pay for something a little bit more expensive or more coverage. Maybe I can get something through work to at least pay my debt off. Or, hey, maybe I need to go to an insurance agent or a financial advisor that sells insurance and get the proper coverage I need, get that assessment, whether it's $500,000 a million whatever your situation calls for. Again, this is something that we do at Palm Valley Wealth Management is we take a look at your situation. We don't only do investments. We don't only do cash flow. We'll take a look and say, okay, where are the biggest risks in our plan? What's going to potentially kill our wealth? And then we go, okay, what can we offload onto the insurance company for obviously a fair price, right? We don't want you to be overinsured paying for something you don't need but going out and getting you something that if we have a disability, some sort of car wreck or our spouse passes away, we're going to be okay financially and we can worry about the other things 
with the peace of mind that we're okay financially. Hopefully this podcast episode was helpful. I thought it was needed. It's something that is not talked about very often unless it's some quote-unquote guru on the internet talking about infinite banking system, things of that nature. Insurance is meant to mitigate risk. We want to continue to build our wealth or preserve our wealth, so use insurance as that tool. And if you would like a consultation or if you have questions, you can reach me at hunter at palmvalleywm.com or you can go go to my website, palmvalleywm.com, reach out that way. Uh, I'd be happy to help. And so we will see you in the next one. And as a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This is not financial advice. This communication should not be relied upon as a sole factor in an investment making decision or a financial planning decision. If you would like help, please seek a financial, tax, legal, or insurance professional. Please keep Palm Valley Wealth Management in mind when making those considerations.